Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, our podcast this week. We have a wonderful, wonderful guest here today with us. Um, and I would like to introduce it to you. I met Regina a few months, maybe six months ago or so. And it was kind of by chance. She had advertised uh, something that she was offering. And I looked at it and I was just like blown away with uh, what she had put together. So a couple of months later, after using a lot of these tools and techniques that she um, has in her course, I invited her to uh, talk to our guest today because I think that everybody can really um, benefit from, from this knowledge. And so Regina is an NLP um, master practitioner and she's going to tell you a little bit about what that is and about um, you know how that that is related to our thinking our thoughts our thought patterns behaviors and so on and I'm sure you're going to enjoy this one because I really really enjoyed it so much and hopefully you're going to hear something uh, that's going to intrigue you or something that's going to help you to move forward to maybe try some of these techniques so without further ado Regina Welcome to our podcast. I am, it's so, it's such a privilege and an honor to have you here with us. Thank you for making the time out of your busy schedule. And actually just sitting here and watching Regina on the Zoom, it's like in her, in her office on the back wall, it says, your existence is enough. And I hope you can hear that. Your existence is enough. You are enough. So thank you for that. Regina, go ahead. Introduce yourself to us a little bit and perhaps tell our listeners about how you became to be uh, uh, in, in the NLP and becoming a master practitioner of NLP. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I love this. And I love being able to see you and connect with you again. It's, it's just yes. a delight. And it's always um, a joy for me to share the work that I do and what's possible for people because it's, I just feel I'm biased, but I feel it's very, very important. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have to say that I've done a course with her too, and it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so NLP, people may have heard uh, that acronym before. It stands for Neuro um, Linguistics Program, which just means the language of the brain. There's a lot of NLP out in the world. I mean, people can get, you know, an informational course for like $33 or hundred bucks on the weekend for a weekend, it, whatever. There's a lot that's out there. The type of NLP that I practice is called transformational NLP. It actually goes way deeper into um, the client's whole experience because there's what we experience on the surface. And then there's also what the parts of our brain, the different parts of our brain are actually responding to. And then there's also what I like to refer to as the collective family soul that that person comes from, which is like family constellations and, and tracking those loyalties and those entanglements that also uh, contribute to your experience. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I got into LP, I have been doing self-development work, personal growth for 25 years as a participant, as a coach, as a seminar leader, coach of coaches. And I was always looking for something that would make me feel better <laughs> or help me, you know, manifest what I wanted to do. And I would get certain places and I'd get to certain spots and everything was extremely helpful. Um, and everything was appropriate for where I was, but there was still something more I needed. And when I came upon this, it was like, oh my gosh, I, this is for me. Cause some of the stuff I've done in the past, which is very common is you just have to power yourself through it. There's a lot of like when you have procrastination or 
overwhelmed. It's like, oh, well, just write down what you want or, and get up and do it and take a task. Like write down what your task is going to be every day and then just push through it and do it. Get an accountability buddy. All of that. It's wonderful if that works for you. I am not that person in the sense of it's exhausting. I can do it. I'm definitely can be an type A person, but it's exhausting. And there's a lot to remember in order for me to be different, to have the change that I want. And a lot of that is very conscious brain. It's very front of the brain. There's a lot of adrenaline in that. There's a lot of what can come up for people is a lot of shame or guilt when they don't do it or they get too busy or forget, or then yes, slip back in procrastination and just say, you know, yeah. So I didn't want that experience to go along with me um, or my clients going towards the thing that they wanted because we already do so much self-criticizing. Yes. So when I found transformational NLP, I realized, ah, well, the, one of the biggest tenets of it is you, um, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. There's no shame or guilt. Everything that you're doing is the best option that you have for what the list is or the menu is in your brain, in your system. And there's a lot of reasons why we don't have what what we want, even though we've done all the things, we've taken all the courses, read all the books and all the meditations. And it's nothing that you personally are or are not doing. So there's no, nothing to blame yourself for. It's just that there's a pattern that's running that has seniority over the pattern that you actually want to have. Okay. (laughs) You know, like, like people want to make more money or they want, um, stable income or they want to be debt free. And so they do these efforts and they get some money and then they see the money in their bank account and they panic and something goes off in them and they have to spend that money. Yeah. So, and they actually have relief when they spend the money, even though another fear, anxiety, or stress shows up when the bank account goes that low. So the thing that has you spend the money is what has seniority in your brain. So it's not that shame on you for, you know, binging at, wherever you spend your money online, it is Amazon prime day. It is yes. really about, um, the pattern that shows up to give your system relief. And I go into this, uh, obviously more deeply, but to get back to your, your original question, when I realized this is how transformational NLP works is to look at your entire brain, work with how it naturally is go to the place where the actual, these patterns are running that have seniority that have been lay down deep and old from when we were very, very, very young and actually use the language of that brain versus our conscious. Yes. Um, you just realize we can affect change so much more easily, so much more expediently and like with a surgical precision. Precision. So yeah. this made me very excited. I don't know if that was your experience, but it's like, it can be changed and people are like, wait, that doesn't bother me anymore. <laughs> Yeah. Versus having to do weeks or months of affirmations or meditations or catching yourself in the act and, and stopping because when we're in that pattern, so much emotion comes up and your system that's running that pattern, that part of the brain so wants relief that it's doesn't really want you to stop doing that pattern. So mm. you're battling yourself and that's where all that effort comes in. And it just seems like a lot of work when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, because I can relate to this. Uh, I see it a lot in people. Um, people come, as let, let's say it's the end of the year and they make a resolution. I'm going to go to the gym, uh, you know, however many times a week. And then they come to mid-January. It's only been two weeks and they already fall off the track. And I've seen that as a yoga teacher too, like how people say they know this is so good for their health. They want to come. They even pay for the year and they won't shop once. And I always wondered like, what makes people do that? 
And it's, it's literally like you said, that there's a part in the brain that's conditioned to the sabotage. Like whenever you, your frontal cortex, your, you know, that part of the brain wants to be better, wants to have a fitter, healthier body, but then the, you know, that's, that backstory just sabotages you every time. And, and, and I've no, I've even over the years seen like they, they can't help themselves. They literally just can't help themselves. So, so please tell us like, how can people access this kind of, um, you know, information, how they can change it and what needs to be done to change such a thing. Yes. Okay, great. So yeah, to change it, you actually have to go to that part of the brain, which mm -hmm. is the reptilian brain, or I refer to it as the critter brain. It's at the base of your skull, uh, the top of your spine. It is our very first brain. And the we oldest share it brain. With, yeah. We share it with so many animals on the planet, right? Yes. And it's the first brain that is fully online when you are in utero, when you are the tiniest yeah. little you know, dot organization, the yes. organization that you can see, um, it's online. And so you are tracking everything about your well-being inside your mother's uterus into birth and beyond your cerebral yes. cortex, which is these up here, which is the executive functioning brain that allows us to know consequences, allows us to have creativity and plan and vision what we want in our lives to make choices, all of those wonderful things and to speak language comes on later it comes on um fully it starts you know after you're born but it comes on fully in your early to mid 20s mm -hmm. so there, that's why there's a lot of um i will say older teenagers but young adults who are doing a lot of crazy things without being aware of the consequences because their cerebral cortex, the cortex is not fine. oh yeah yeah it's not lined up to what that could actually mean. And they injure themselves or, you know, crazy things happen. So this critter brain, this reptilian brain is the one that's in charge. It has seniority because it's all about your survival. Mm -hmm. it only cares about survival. It doesn't care about the quality of your life. So yeah. you being in debt, you being struggled with, I don't have enough, no matter what the amount is in your bank account are all things that the critter brain knows is survivable. So it's not interested in changes to those because mm. it would, rather go with what the safe bet is what they is know what even though the change the, now would make create them to be more happy to be more successful to be more at peace but the pattern has been going on for years and years and your safety is more important than your happiness it has priority it has seniority yes versus <laughs> your executive functioning brain you know yes. would love to write a journal and write down in, in a pinterest board and do all these wonderful things of like this is what i'm like how fine this is yes you know join a million groups that say i am wealthy today i'm i'm confident today i'm happy today yes. that's all wonderful things to do they're lovely practices but they really mm. deal with the executive functioning and these two parts of your brain don't always they don't connect. talk the, no they're, they're like two separate hands and that's why we don't to... understand it that's why we don't understand it or we can't grasp it and we can't change it like like i've literally seen it all through my 25 years of teaching yoga it's like i've seen people i know how badly they want it but then something happens and they just they don't show up you know so it's kind of like you know that they can do it but there's a pattern in them that allows them to not do it or just you know they keep going through that same pattern yeah and the, and the worst thing is to blame yourself or self or feel guilt or shame around it because mm. you really are, you have two different parts of your brain that are fighting and you're in your conscious brain going, why can't I do this? How come I can't go to the gym? When I get to the door, I'm all dressed. I turn back to the couch. 
turn on Netflix and eat a pint of ice cream. It's, mm. and then you feel bad, but it actually feels better than going to the gym. And then you realize, oh, there's something in the way. Most mm. likely there is a limiting belief, a blocked pattern um, that is there that's running, that your brain is referencing that actually mm. is a better choice than going to the gym. For whatever mm. reason, we don't, everyone, it's, it's individual, but there are, mm. you, there are simple techniques when you work with an NLP practitioner, who knows transformational NLP, um, yeah. I don't mean just any NLP training. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Although there's lots of information about NLP, which a lot of it is, you know, really interesting and wonderful. Um, when it was uh, on just the topic itself and how it works, yeah. but there are ways to actually get into that brain and help it. I'll explain it this way. Um, again, traditional modalities, there's nothing wrong with them. They bring a lot of peace and joy to us when we get to meditate and, um, journal and do different types of workshops. Those are all fabulous. But it's when you're trying to go from the executive functioning brain to the critter brain, it's mm. like walking from California to New York. You will get there. It just may take a really, 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 really long time. And there's going to be a lot of seasons, right? And sometimes you can get stuck in Ohio. Now, Ohio is lovely. It's a wonderful place. There's so mm. many wonderful things. You really wanted to go to New York. Mm. So that's why I have clients that most come to me is when they get, they get to that place. and like, I can't get beyond here. Right. Mm. Uh, because I could only get so far. I could only get so many new neural pathways. Cause what, what you need to do is create new neural pathways from the executive brain to the critter brain for what you want to the critter brain so that it knows that it's survivable. And yes. the more of those that you create, the more bridges, the more new neural pathways, the more new neurons fire with new groups of neurons, the more the mm. critter brain can relax about going to the gym, relax about having more clients and about having a certain amount of money in the bank account without needing to spend it without that, like, <gasps> you know, that kind of yes. thing. Like, oh, what can I buy? So yes. the more that that happens, the more we, I refer to it as options on the menu in the critter brain, it can keep because what, yes. I mean, I can go to a whole other story. Um, Oh, I'll keep chatting. I just wasn't sure if you wanted yeah. me to stop. Um, yeah. What happens with the critter brain is that I'll do this example. Let's say there's a child who grows up in a house where it's been hit on the head by a hammer. It could be literally or figuratively, emotionally, psychologically, just really turmoil. Mm. And it keeps getting hit on the head and the critter brain goes, oh, do we survive? I guess oh, that's gosh. shock. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. it relaxes and they get to think, oh, oh, we survived. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Are we alive? Oh, we survived. Yeah. And that happens enough in those formative first six years of their life that the yeah. critter brain starts to think, I need to be hit like that. I need to experience that kind of shock trauma to know that I'm alive. So yeah. then when that child is old enough to leave the house and go on its own, they their uh, executive fun- functioning brain says, ah, yes, we can get away from this environment. I don't want this environment more. I'm so happy to be on my own and I'm out in the world. Mm. But the critter brain starts to wonder, are we alive? Are we alive? We yeah, need to so it's, that it's, it's wants to create that over and over. And that's how, it doesn't matter. It's funny how they say uh, you can leave the place, but you know, wherever you go, there you are because your stuff comes out wherever you are. So those are the things that, because it's in, it's kind of like, we're not aware of it. It's in our blind spot. So a lot of these things, and then if you have a partner or people on the outside, they keep reflecting that, like mirroring to you what is going on. And then we, we're under the impression that it's the outside world that's doing stuff to us, but it's actually we are projecting those things and they're just coming back as a reflection. 
Yes. And um, it's like that old adage, you marry your parents, right? Well, what's yes. happening is the critter brain is looking to outsource the hammer hitter to roommates, to bosses, to mates, um, yeah. to romantic partners, to neighbors, to friends, so that you can have that upsetting experience again. So it knows mm. that you're, it's alive. A, you're alive, you're surviving. And you have something in your brain called the reticulating activating system, RAS. RAS. Mm. And what it does, yeah, it starts looking for experiences that's um kind of match reinforce your belief. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you start to focus on, God, I want to buy a new car, and you start looking around going, oh, maybe I'll get a Prius. And you look around and you go, wow, there's a lot of priests on the world. When all the priests come on, they've all been there. It's just now you're selecting for that. So mm. everything else gets filtered out and that comes forward. So it reinforces how many priests, oh, I should buy one. They're a good car. So many people have them mm. out there, whatever it is. So that part of your brain can also start to search for who are the hammer hitters? Yeah. What That's very interesting. That's very interesting because I think it also works with um, uh, when you project onto people. Like you, your, your, your view is like that person is like that. And so however you perceive them, they cannot be anything else because that's how you, that's how you're projecting. And so often when you change your projection or what we call on eyes like to call point of view, when you change your point of view and you're willing to change that point of view, you're going to see things differently. So that really, um, that's a big shift that was for me in my earlier days when I first started to become aware of all this stuff, I realized that, oh, when I change my mind, the thing, the thing that I'm looking at changes. It's huge because you believe so much that the world is doing something to you. But actually, the world isn't really doing anything to you. When you change your point of view, whatever you're looking at changes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. True. And there's a, um, there, they found these studies that the brain is actually invested in being right about its predictions because it goes back to survival. So you decide that someone's a certain way. As yeah. you see them walking towards you, your brain's like, they are going to be this way. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may consciously say that because it, it helps the brain predict how the future, how its life's going to show up so it can protect you. So the brain's actually invested in being right about those assumptions. So what can people do about this, Regina? Like, is there a little technique? Can we give them some hope? Can we give them something to do? Is there something uh, that, you know, you could do in the short time that can help people? Because believe me, we're all doing this, like consciously, unconsciously. Yeah. And so if you, I always say to people, if you are in pain and suffering, okay, you have a choice. When you change the way you think about things in your life or people in your life, you can start to reduce the pain and the suffering. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the pain and suffering that we're experiencing, we are creating it, but we don't know. Because these things are all in the unconscious mind where you cannot see it. And like how many how many times in the day, like, for example, you're on your way driving somewhere and you just figure out like, oh, how did I get from there to there? Because I wasn't even present because that autopilot thing took over. And we're basically doing our whole life like that. Yeah. But when it comes to us doing that and we start to be in a lot of pain and suffering, like what can people actually do to help them to get some relief from this? One of the things is um, there's a few questions you can go through. Um, mm -hmm. One of them, what am I experiencing right now? Okay. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, what am I actually experiencing? So bringing and the back then, to now. Yeah. 
back into here, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's so easy to blame out there, but we have no control out there. The only thing you have control over is your internal experience, right? So you start to check in with yourself and then you're like, oh my God, I just, I, I feel anxious or I feel fear. anxious about what? Anxious, how so? Where is it in your body? Oh, okay. Because when you start to observe it as like a meta or an outside observer going on in yourself, your chemistry can change. Your, um, your attachment to it starts to separate. You can actually view it from, again, from an outside observer saying, oh, it's, it's in the gut of, it's in the pit of my stomach and it's fear, but is it fear about what? Fear about survival, fear about um, safety, fear, what is it? Oh, you know, it's actually more anxiousness about X, Y, or Z. And so you start to unravel and get specific. It takes it from this overwhelming experience of just energy coming at you to actually naming what it is. And as you can peel it back and get to that place, it actually helps it to process. I'm not going to say it's going to end or be done because everyone's mm. different. Every pattern is different. But when you start to see it, it becomes less overwhelming, becomes less intense, becomes less dominating. And then you go, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So for example, years ago, um, I was going to spend, I was going to buy something I was investing in, and it was a large sum of money for me at the time. And I knew I wanted to do it. And I had a little bit of trepidation about it, but I said, I'm going to do it. And I spent it within an hour. I had this thought of, oh my gosh, I feel nervous. Not buyer's remorse, but a little bit nervous. And I said, well, what is that nervousness about? And I went, oh, I think I have this belief that me spending that kind of money is a threat to my survival. Mm. And as soon as I started to, you know, feel into it and check it out, I was like, wow, oh, that's not what that is at all. I could feel it actually separate a bit, right? And then I could work on it with other tools. But it's one of those things. And also putting your attention on it from a place of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like being nervous or crazy about having that experience is only going to enforce it more versus stepping back, go, oh yeah, this is what I'm experiencing. And being curious about it, being curious what it is, how it shows up, where it lands in your body. All of that is really helpful to kind of separate the emotional trigger from your actual experience. Mm -hmm. There's one more thing I wanted to say about that too, is... I don't know. It'll come to me. I forget. It'll come. Thing I wanted to offer. Yeah, it'll come. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. It's like um, when we are a lot of the times, almost 99% of the times when we are upset about something, it's actually not that something is happening now. It maybe happened 10 minutes ago, two days ago, 10 years ago. And believe me, some people 30 years ago. And literally the key is just if you can bring yourself fully into your body now, and you can say, well, now I'm safe. Now I'm here. Now nothing is nothing bad is happening to me. If you can bring at least yourself into your body, and then you can get relief from the anxiety that is created from the thought of something that happened 10 years ago. And I think that's where a lot of people are stuck is that because we are not able to bring ourselves into the now, we don't even have that capacity to bring ourselves into the body. We're just allowing the mind to run like wild horses. The mind is just, and like you said, I mean, very important to hear this listeners is that, you know, in the past, that's how you survived. So it was always, there was always a good intention for this, but then after some time, it's not a good intent. It's, it doesn't, 
it doesn't benefit you anymore. It's counter beneficial. So at some point in the game, you have to, you have to do something to give up that unconscious belief about a thing. Yeah, right? It's like we've evolved past, um, past that all survival. the survival. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things too, is, is you, especially your, um, your audience probably knows is getting in your body, right? Whether it's moving, walking, doing yoga, stretching really helps deep breaths help calm that down. But to your point about looking, uh, some things we're afraid of is from the past. Also, we can feel overwhelmed when we're too far out into the future, future like, correct. Uh, mm. you know, yes. um, and one of the things that I also work with my clients with is, you know, they have a story about what's going on and, and all of that. And it's like, it's so upsetting. It's great to take a breath and just ask yourself, okay, what is it I want now? Like this stuff is falling apart, but what is it I want now? Not as a response to that. Like, oh, I don't, you know, I need to rebuild this. Okay, great. But what is it you really want now? Oh, I actually want to do this now. I'm actually glad I got fired because I actually want to do this other job mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. And so versus being so upset about, I don't know, my income's going There's this yeah. whole wheel that happens and noise versus, well, actually, what do you want? And let's start putting our attention there because attention is energy. And as we know, it's all energy and it all has intelligence. So that's another great thing to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people uh, get stuck in, we don't understand that life is happening for us, not to us. And so in every moment you have an opportunity in every moment, like in yoga, uh, my yoga teacher used to say like, you're never too old. You're never too sick to start again from the scratch. And it's like, when I was younger, I really used to write some people off. I really did. And then of course, you know, as I grew up a little bit more and having been in this uh, field of yoga for so many years, I really see it. People can start at 50 and be good and get better, improve their body, improve their health. People can start at 70. And so it's so wonderful that life never gives up on us. Doesn't matter what age you are. Doesn't matter how sick you are. Doesn't matter how bad you think you are. Doesn't matter how poor you think you are. Like literally life is here to support you every moment. So every moment is a gift. Every moment is new. And you know, in every moment when you decide that you want something better, life is going to support you. But we just have to be willing to kind of really do the work. And the work really is about what lies in your subconscious. What happened in those first probably six years of your life, you know? And like, let's face it, when we so tiny, four, five, and six, and even seven sometimes, like we are pretty small compared to the world is huge for a five-year-old. And like uh, your parents and adults are huge. And maybe if the adults raise their voice a little bit, the child gets like, oh, my safety and my security. And so we start to create these um, walls and all these strategies of how to survive when we were that small, but now you're 30 and 40, you don't need those strategies to survive anymore, right? But we still, it's lying in the unconscious mind, subconscious mind, and we're living it unconsciously and we don't know how to get out of it. So one of the wonderful things that I'm very thrilled about that I learned through many, obviously there are many different ways of doing this, but the the NLP tools and techniques, it's certainly a great way to start to delve into, to give you some help, to start to see, okay, what can I do to connect these two brains together? Because the executive brain is only formed, fully formed in our twenties. And now it doesn't agree with what the, you know, the, um, the animalistic brain has recorded. So like these two need to talk, make friends. And I love what you said about 
we just have to put more things on the menu. So that's another thing, listeners, if you're out there listening to this. So it's important that we still make this uh, critter brain feel safe. So we're not taking anything away from it but we're just giving it more options. And like, if you give it more options and you can see more opportunities. So I believe from, a, from my yoga experience, I believe that um, the experience is infinite. Like our ability to have experiences and, and to enjoy who we are, where we are is infinite, but we are keeping it limited. So whenever you open up an area of your mind, a new area, like you said, you know, give it a new something on the menu. It's like, oh, okay, I can do this too. And so we're never, ever taking away, uh, you know, from the past. We're always adding. So we're giving you more, but there's not we, there's more opportunities for you inside yourself because you're infinite. As a being, we are infinite. And so we don't have to stay stuck and we don't have to stay hopeless. That's the key is to understand that it doesn't matter how bad you think your life is. It's never hopeless. As long as you still have your breath and you have a, you know, you're breathing, you're here. There's an opportunity, isn't there, Regina, in every moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have so many wonderful teachers out there who, uh, and there's so many things now available on YouTube, like free things. Like even when I first met Regina, she had uh, graciously offered uh, two weeks of her program for absolutely free. And it's a wonderful program. I'm going to put all her details in the in the bottom here of our podcast. So if you want to reach out to her, ask more, perhaps maybe join one of her classes. She's phenomenal as a teacher. Really one of my favorite uh, things I did was with you. And just uh, learning about how many things were still hidden and just bringing them to the forefront. And then and like I said, it's nothing bad happened. It's just, that's how you survived. And now we can just give more options. So you can enjoy your life because I think life is here for us to enjoy. Life is here for us to participate, not feel like victims, not feel like, I used to feel like a victim when I was 20 years old in my twenties. I felt like life was just happening to me. Life was just happening to me. And luckily for me, you know, I will say this, that um, when I started to incorporate meditation and yoga as a discipline into my life, I, start, I was able to start to see what my unconscious mind was doing. And like, at least I started somewhere to um, like, there's some points that like forgiveness, for example, it's huge. Forgiveness is not for the other. Forgiveness is for you because when you are free from that thing, then you can move forward in your life. But when you are stuck in hatred or resentment, that is stuck in you. So forgiveness is not really for other people. It's just for you to so start wherever you have to start, but take responsibility for yourself and for what you're creating and know that um, when we take responsibility, we have to do it with compassion because we are always doing the best we can with the information that we have. And then from that place, we can do better. It's like, you know, when you know better, you can do better. Right, Regina? Absolutely. And one of my, and one of my favorite things about Regina um, when uh, when she's coaching and let's say somebody is presenting an issue to her, whatever, and they'll be going on and on and on and on. And then she'll be just like saying, so what is it that you want? <laughs> so what is it that you want now? <laughs> and I just loved it. I'm like, okay, so we've now you've said all that stuff that's going wrong, but what do you want now? What is it that you want now? And then maybe they say what they want now and then she'll go like, so what's keeping you from having that? <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> and like literally the light bulb goes on. You're just like, oh yeah, 
there's really nothing holding me back. It's just me. So Regina, I just want to thank you so, so much for taking uh, time of your busy schedule to come and talk to us and our listeners. It's Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, I, like I said to the listeners, Thank I you. will put all her information down and uh, you can reach out and, you know, join even some of her classes. She's just phenomenal as a human being and as, a, as an NLP practitioner, as a master practitioner. The world thanks you. Oh, we thank you. you. Oh, I love you too. Okay. Just thank you. Thank you for you know letting me come and share. It's beautiful. I love connecting with all of you. Wonderful. Thank you, Regina. And your existence is enough, people. Don't forget it. Okay. You are worthy because you are here. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you, Regina. Thank you.